Welcome to the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm Jenna Barr. Happy to have you here this morning, this Monday morning. We're kicking off our week together here on the panel, and I want you to hop on into the conversation. 850-437-1620. Text on in to News Radio 92.3 to the Pensacola Expert Panel. I've got Bob Burgie and Katie Burgie joining me this morning. We're going to talk moolah. We're talking about money. Moolah. you got to use your hands. Yeah, yeah. you got to use your hands on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, use your, yeah, Katie, can you do it? Oh, All right. she's a little mean about <laughs> it. Okay, do calm do down this. with the hand. All right. Oh, All you're right. doing the dollar bills. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. How are you? We're good. How are you? I will tell you, um, just to backtrack a little bit, Pam and Keith Giles, they joined us last week. Yes. For first um, Mondays, which is Medicare Mondays. Medicare Mondays, yep. And we had excellent feedback. Awesome. I just really? want to tell you that excellent Good. feedback. I think this time of year, you know, annual enrollment is a little overwhelming. And a lot of people don't mm. understand that they have a lot of options. So it was um, very encouraging to hear the positive I'll, feedback. I'll tell you what, if you're in your mid-60s, if you're 64 years old and about to trip over to 65, uh, Medicare age, uh, there is nothing like scheduling an appointment with Pam and Keith Giles. Um, and they work with us, you know, mm-hmm. you can call our office at 850-437-3127. They would be more than happy to assist you. And it's very interesting how Medicare works. You know, uh, most people will go online and start looking for, you know, they're, you know, looking at their Medicare options. Okay. Now, how many times do you, uh, sign up for Medicare once when you turn, well, Hopefully, before you turn 65. Do you sign up for it or do you apply for it? Well, you, okay, you apply for it, and the the active date is the day you turn 65. Yes. Okay? okay. Actually, the first day of the month that you turn. But then you can change plans. Of the month that you turn 65, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you can change plans. And as your health changes and your age, and your age changes, you know, you might have different needs. Um, but the interesting thing about it, Jenna... is whether you go online or whether you drive down, you know, Davis Highway to see, you know, and stop in some place that's a... Like a uh, random place. Well, not... Yeah, it may be... But let's say it's a captive carrier, like uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, okay? Just as an example, um, you're going to walk out of there with a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, right? Right. So if you go to somebody, an expert in this business, like Pam and Keith... um, you're going to go in there and you're going to look at the full lineup, you know, the 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 uh, the available inventory of plans, and and they have them all. Have Whether them all. it's yeah. uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Outstanding Outfit, United Healthcare, Humana, uh, Cigna, you know, on and on. There's right. there's lots of them, and they are not captive; they're independent. One other thing that's very important about uh, you know about their model, it doesn't cost you anything. Okay, Um, the plan that you go in will, you know, compensate them accordingly, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Uh, They have just made the decision that instead of having to um, provide the human capital to provide the consultation, they will be happy to pay, you know, Pam and Keith, you know, a one time, uh, you know, a one time uh, commission, you know, to get you signed up. But it doesn't cost you anything. You might as well go to an expert. Um, you might as well get it right the first time because and an most people don't. independent expert. Yeah, somebody that's independent. Okay, 
Nice Medicare plug, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You're welcome, Pam and Keith. So Medicare yeah, Pam Mondays. and Keith. Do you know what? They're, They're very so unusual. They're very unusual because it's always Pam and Keith, not Keith and Pam. No, it's you can't say it. Don't yeah. say Keith and Pam. And it's always Pam and <laughs> Keith. This sounds weird. The way yeah. it should Keith be. And Pam. Isn't that interesting? I can't even say it. Keith and Pam. <laughs> feels dirty. Keith and Pam. <laughs> Doesn't feel right. So that's Medicare Keith, Mondays. We're sorry. First Monday. It's first I Mondays of the month. Okay. And then, of course, we have your money Monday. So you can text in 850-437-1620. We're here on the Pensacola Expert Panel to answer your questions. Okay. Let's get after it. All right. We're talking about year-end tax tips. Okay. Some of these are exclusively tax tips. Um, some are um, more investment related. Some are qualitative things like gifting. Okay. But uh, I'm going to go through the list real quick, and then I'm going to touch on a few of them, okay? Um, the first, and of course, year-end. You've got to do this before, before what, Katie? Before December 31st, right? Yeah, before year-end. Yeah. That's why These are year-end, year end. okay? Hey, can you, uh, this is, I'm, I'm going to put you on like the spot, it was Katie. a trip, a trick question. Well, it's not a trick question, but there are some things you have to do before year end. Yeah. There are lots of things you can do for 2022 that you can actually do in 2023. Like what? Contributions? Yeah. You can you can make IRA contributions up till, you know, tax time next year for 2022 because you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know how things are going to shake out until you meet with your tax professional and they may say, hey, make a $6,000 or $7,000 contribution to your traditional IRA to uh, to take a deduction on your 2022 taxes. Mm -hmm. You can do that up until April of next year for 2022. But the things we're talking about now must be done before the end of the year. Okay, so uh, the first one, um, defer, deferring or accelerating your income. What do, what do a lot of people think is going to happen next year in terms of, uh, not next year in terms of taxes, but going forward in terms of taxes, well, income think, taxes specifically? I think a lot of people think they're going to go up. That's right. We're going to see an increase. I would be shocked if we don't see our income tax rates go up. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, and we, we talk about this on this show, uh, a married couple can make over $100,000, okay? Take their standard deduction right around $27,000, right? Get down below the $82,000 uh, threshold and you're paying no more than 12% federal income tax rate on all of your money. You're actually paying 10% on a good portion of it and 12% on the balance of it. But you never pay over 12%, and that's a married couple making over $100,000 per year and taking the standard deduction. That's that's a gift, but it's going away, right? Yeah. It is going away. But um, Is that so, at the end of 2023? Is that the end of 2022? Well, we How don't know. We just don't know yet. Just, we don't know until they come out. When right. do they The tax come rates. Out? <coughs> is oh, it after that's, legislation? Or? That's a, of course. Of course. So by April. April-ish. Well, no? think about this. You're not going to be paying... You're not going to be paying income taxes. You're not going to be paying income taxes for 2023 anytime this year, right? No, no, no. no. And yeah. that, and yes, it it will it will come out. It will come out. Uh, you know, for for next year and years to come next year. Okay? okay. Um, but for right now, for right now, and it doesn't look like it's going up. You know, considerably or anything, but it will, and it will not only next year, 
but in the years to come. So accelerating or deferring your income tax. You would accelerate it if you wanted to go ahead and pay it now, this year. If you think income taxes are going up, um, and that's a form of bunching, you know, taking your income this year. And uh, But some people, and it's always been the rule of thumb, to defer tax liabilities, right? right? But if you know income taxes are going up, or if you feel certain, you may wish to take uh, you may wish to realize that income tax this year instead of next. Okay, so that's that's the first one, defer, deferring or accelerating your income. Um, consider last-minute deductions or, you know, not last-minute, that's a figure of speech, but sometime over the next, uh, what is it, three weeks, you want to um, see if you can take some additional deductions. Some additional deductions, you know, the low-hanging fruit there is charitable. You make some charitable contributions and you can make some changes. Okay, we, we've got a question. Um, all right, we have, a, um, we have a question. What about RMDs to avoid penalties? Absolutely. And I'm getting to that one. That's actually number four. Look but our listeners, yeah, we've oh, got they're yeah, adding to the list. Yeah, I like it. Got a, a Nostradamus in the what's, crowd. What's uh, coming next? I like it. It's like a game. <laughs> Hit the yeah. text line 437-1620. Okay. Yeah, uh, 850-437-1620 if you have any questions, comments, or anything you want to add to the conversation. But what about RMDs and how to avoid penalties? Well, how to avoid penalties? First of all, Katie, what are RMDs? Required minimum distribution. And... Required minimum distributions are required of what type of accounts? Retirement. Retirement accounts, right? Um, what's not, the, hey, what's the retirement account they're not required of? Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs, our favorite account, yeah. right? Okay, so RMDs, required minimum distributions um, from qualified accounts, you must take them. That's You know what that R stands for, right? What does the R stand for, everyone? Required. Required. It's not, you know, you know, this isn't an option, okay? Now, let me tell you about the penalties. Guess who pays a penalty if if a uh, client doesn't pay their RMDs or doesn't, excuse me, doesn't receive their RMDs, their required minimum distributions? Guess who pays a penalty? I'm nervous. The trustee, the custodian uh... of the, uh, of the, uh, IRA, number one, okay? There are penalties all around for not paying it. But one of the things we do when a client comes on board, what do we? what's the first thing we require when they open a traditional IRA, a rollover IRA, or anything requiring RMDs? Yeah, they, they have to link their bank account yes. to the retirement account so we can push out. Because a lot of times, you know, we'll have clients and they'll say, hey, my kid just turned 16. He's working at McDonald's. He made $5,000 last year. You know, he probably worked all year and made $5,000, right? But he made $5,000, and I want to make a contribution to an IRA for him, okay? Well, he can make a contribution to an IRA for his son in the amount of how much? 5000 5000 because that's 5, all he made. If he made 5000 uh, he can make a contribution to a traditional IRA in the amount of 5000 Hey, he shouldn't even make it to the traditional IRA. It should be to the Roth IRA, right? Right. Because he has yeah. no he has no income. But this is just this is just an example. So um, and then we'll have this IRA through the years. They never add to it. It just lays there. 
and uh, and this is a stretch, but say that 16-year-old becomes 72 years old, you know, and we can't find this individual. And maybe it's grown to 100,000 by then. But we also have people that in their 50s, 60s, they open an IRA, they kind of disappear, uh, they move, you know, let's say they're military, mm-hmm. and we have to have that bank account linked because we get in trouble if we don't push out the RMD to that individual into their non-qualified account. So, um, but more so, you will get in trouble, <laughs> or you'll yeah, you'll have- get in trouble. Yeah, and the penalty for the vet, uh, the custodian or trustee is a fifty fifty percent of what should have gone out. Yeah. Okay. Fifty percent. You don't want to pay it. Okay. So, thank you for that call. Now I don't have to do number four. Um, required minimum distributions, critical, critical, and you cannot roll them over to next year right? Mm -hmm. You can't say, I'm just going to take it next year for this year. It doesn't work that way. And that has to be by December? By December 31st. 31st? That is correct. That is correct. Okay. So So, um, like we said, defer your income or accelerate your income to take advantage of uh, uh, future tax rates or current tax rates. Okay. Uh, Consider last minute deductions. Um, end of year deductions. Uh, the easiest ones to do, you know, you can't just go out and get a mortgage. You can't go buy a piece of property and, you know, you're not going to do that before the end of the year. Uh, although mortgage interest is deductible, the property taxes are deductible up to $10,000. Um, but, you know, really the ones you can, uh, I'll, I'll use the word manipulate, are charitable contributions that translate to charitable deductions. Also, if you want to get a medical procedure done before the end of the year, good luck getting in, you know. But to the extent your medical expenses exceed a certain percent of your adjusted gross income, they are deductible. Again, we're talking about accelerating uh, deductions, uh, bunching them into this year um, if your standard deduction can be exceeded by your itemized deductions, all right? So that's a little complicated, but uh, something you certainly want to consider if you're close. Um, The alternative minimum tax. I don't want to get into AMT too much, but for high-income earners, uh, pay attention to your alternative minimum tax liability. Uh, One I do do want to spend a little bit of time on. Now, as I said, number four was pay attention to your RMDs. Make sure you take them before year-end. We already covered that. Uh, the, uh, The next one, number five, is... Sell investments at a loss to take advantage of uh, uh, to offset your gains with capital losses. Now, of course, there are two types of gains, two types of losses: long-term gains, right, and short-term gains. Right. Those are the two types of gains. Short-term gains are treated as ordinary income. What defines a short-term gain? A gain from an asset held less than a year, one year, 365 days. So it's treated as ordinary income. Typically, and I'm not saying for everyone, if you're a low income earner, this is not the case. But in most cases, your um, long-term capital gain rate is going to be lower than your ordinary income tax rate, typically. All right. So, uh, it behooves you to hold on to the asset for more than a year so it can be treated as long-term capital gain. Long-term capital gain can be offset by what? Long-term capital losses, right? 
Right. <laughs> and there's a very special provision in long-term capital losses. Uh, and a lot of people don't know this, but if you have a long-term capital loss, okay, and, and let's just, you know, I'm throwing, we're throwing around a lot of terms, but it's, it's very simple. You buy a stock, you hold it for more than a year. You buy it at 10 bucks a share and you sell it after one year. It's at 20 bucks a share. You've got a long-term capital gain, right? If you can offset that with something that you bought at 20 and sold at 10, you're going to wipe out the gain and you, you're not going to have to pay any capital gains. That's terrific. But what happens if you don't have the long-term capital gain to offset it, you can take you can take your long-term capital loss, and to the to the tune of three thousand dollars a year, you can deduct that amount from your ordinary income. All right, so three thousand bucks per year in long-term capital loss, and we call that if you don't use it in the year that you take it, it excuse me, in the year that you sell the asset. If you don't use it, it becomes long-term capital loss carry forward. It, carry for, it carries forward for the rest of your life. Now, we have clients that have, you know, $100,000 in long-term capital losses, uh, and they're 70 years old. Now, do the math. At $3,000 a year, we're not going to exhaust that long-term capital loss carry forward. So what we do is we look to offset gains with losses, okay? And there is so much more to discuss when it comes to long-term capital gains, long-term capital losses, harvesting gains and losses, um, the 60-day wash sale rule. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about that, but let's say somebody says, I want to take this, I, I want to um, offset my gain and loss. I've got a loser and I've got a winner stock. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Well, 30 days before that transaction, you cannot purchase the stock to replace the one you're selling. And 30 days after, you cannot purchase that stock. So I can't just say, hey, this one's lost and this one's, you know, this one's made money. I'm going to go ahead and offset them. And then I'm going to purchase it the next day. You can't do that. You have to wait how many days? 30. 30 days after the transaction. In anticipation of doing this, you cannot do that for 30 days before. Okay? So it's a 60-day window where you can't cannot purchase the same stock uh, that you used to replace the the prior uh, the one that you sold. Uh, yes, Jenna. Can I interject with a question real quick? Yes, ma'am. I want to make sure I watch the text line. Uh, this is a question for you, Bob, and for Katie. Would advertising count as a good deduction before the end of the year, even with only two to three weeks left? In Absolutely. Our year? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you could you could prepay that. Um, it's a deductible expense, and I don't know how you're. Uh, I don't know the organizational structure of the entity, wh whether it's an LLC, an S corp, uh, or a uh, you know it, it can be a number of uh, organizational structures, but certainly advertising expenses are deductible. Um, okay, so there's a lot you know, and and consult with your tax advisor, uh, your investment advisor uh, on these matters, um, but capital gains and. Harvesting the same, the 60-day wash sale rule, very important considerations when uh, uh, selling selling uh, at year-end, selling positions at year-end. Um, all right. 
number uh, the next one. All right, we've gone through five. Number six is contribute the maximum or as much as you can to your retirement accounts. Obviously, right? Right. But guess what? You can do that next year for this year. Yeah, okay? you can do that. Certainly a year-end tax April. consideration, but you can do it up until April of the following year. Now, look, you can't do it inside your 401k, right? They're not right. They're not going to play that game with you, right? Right. You gotta, it's only good in the year that, that you do it. But you can contribute uh, the maximum, uh, which is $6,000 if you're under age 50, right, to an IRA, or a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. And of course, more if it's a SEP IRA, you know, there's there's different amounts, but we're just talking about the plain vanilla ones, mm -hmm. the traditional IRA, the personal traditional IRA, and the personal Roth IRA. $6,000 per year if you're under age 50. And if you're over age 50, there's what is known as what? A catch, go ahead. Catch-up contribution. Catch-up contribution. And that amount is how much? 6,500? Seven. Thousand, seven thousand. It's actually one thousand added to the six thousand. So if you're over age fifty, you can you can contribute more. By the way, and we've talked about this on this show, that's changing, right? Those amounts are going up. Um, all right, let's get through this. Um, again, uh, watch. You know, uh, watch. Uh, you know, watch your uh, your investments that have had a considerable amount of gain that you may want to offset with loss. Um, contribute the maximum to your retirement accounts. Check your IRA distributions. Also, um, and if you're over age 70, 72, uh, your required minimum distributions. Look in on your flexible spending accounts. Some of the flexible spending accounts aren't so flexible. You have to spend some of it down or a portion of it down in the year you um, in the year you contributed to them. Okay, or the balance goes away. Right? We all know about that. Um, I also, I also like to talk about a, a little bit more about charitable contributions and I know we're winding down, but, um, and we might want to even dive into this a little bit next week. I know, but the charitable contributions, because also Roth conversions, absolutely Roth so conversions this year. Consider. I mean, you, you certainly want to do that. Um, and that's probably one of the things we do most of, we do it throughout the year. And one of the reasons we did it was because the market was so far down earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. You get more bang for your buck when you're doing a Roth conversion when the market is down in anticipation of it going up. Okay, so anyway, year-end tax tips. Um, enjoyed it, Jenna. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week at 9 a.m. on Monday morning.